0: Down the Sidelines And now, representing the Michigan Wolverines and the West Virginia Mountaineers You may know them as Yoko and I'm a Beast It's Peter Spasia and Joel Orndor Welcome back to the Gridiron I'm Peter And I'm Joel And Down the Sidelines a Sports podcast that debates and predicts the latest in the athletic world
1: we're part of the Show Me News Network, and this is the 14th episode of the podcast on November 29th, 2012.
0: We've got our full from Thanksgiving. We had some good football, some controversial football, and that was kind of you know spread out all over the weekend there. You had some Friday games on top of the Thursday games and into the weekend. Uh, Feel a little full as a result of that.
1: Yeah, we um, got, got our share of football. Uh, my team finally won again.
0: They did. <laughs>
1: And um, got bowl eligible, and so you know, the family was happy. They were happy, you know. Good food, got to got to see some of my sisters from far away, and um, you know, it's always nice to see your family and eat. Well, absolutely, eat like never eat before.
0: <laughs> and maybe WVU will play Michigan State, who also just got bowl eligible. We'll yeah, see how that goes when they okay. break down the bowl schedule and all Here that, that the,
1: stuff. If, Possibly wins their last game. That that could happen too. Well, good. That
0: would make my Pitt wins the Big East prediction slightly less depressing.
1: Yay!
0: <laughs> well, on here on down the sidelines, uh, prediction is big key of the show. We you know cover sports stories and you know the NFL and college football scores from the week and for the future week. We first get into the red zone though. where We talk about the three biggest stories from the past week and we start at the twenty yard line with the honey badger. That's my Brent Musburger impression. Uh Tyron Matthew, who was kicked off LSU before the season started. Uh he was, you know, in Heisman contention last year. He played cornerback. He did you know kick returning, very dynamic player. Uh made the decision today that he is going to enter the NFL draft.
1: Yeah. Um I mean you you gotta think uh you know with all the problems he had and everything and trying to reenter school, it's just, it can be difficult sometimes. And it does kind of stink because like, you know, first goal with school mainly is to get an education, not just Mm -hmm. to go professional. So it's kind of hard, especially for him, like to have something to fall back on. Um, and I mean, you know, you never want to like wish bad things on people. You always hope that they can like get their life turned around and, Mm -hmm. I, th- I think football was like a big thing for him. It probably helped him stay, you know, stay out of trouble while he could and everything. So, um, you know, hopefully he finds a way to like get it turned around and, um, you know, fi- you know have has at least enough success to make some money playing football.
0: Yeah, I mean, he I believe he's still been at LSU as far as school goes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's just was kicked off the team. Definitely, you know, some drug issues. But the guy's a playmaker. He's exciting. As long as he's kept up his football skills with training and all that, like he can be
1: a talent in the NFL where he's got very good ball skills. Yeah. Like very, very good ball skills. He just he, seems He's not great always...
0: coverage no. you know, as far as that all that but he can make plays.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, that's it's kind of like uh I think something that's a little bit hard to coach. Well, like a lot of the stuff that he has, but um You know, as far as playing, you know, different coverages and stuff that he's going to see in the NFL, that's a lot of stuff he's going to have to learn. I mean, he really is going to have to. He's what he is he only five, nine, five,
0: eight or five, nine, something like that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, you know, he doesn't have tremendous size or anything like that, um, which is, you know, a tough when you're going up against these receivers in the NFL who are all very I mean, most of them are all really big all the ones that he would go be going up against. So
0: at the same time though, if he's a ball hawk and he's gonna, you know, make strips there, um the size might not matter though.
1: Yeah, I just I think uh, you know, one on one, um, you know, he does have speed, so he could probably stick with a lot of, you know, the receivers out there, especially the faster, um, shorter ones. Mm. Um but I, I think as far as like what they ask a lot of defensive backs to do, he's kind of I mean if you look at him, it seems like you know they played him. They played him at corner. That's what they played a lot. But they also played him at safety at times when they were in different um, packages and nickel and time. Um, and it was kind of just uh, they they had him. Ro- I mean, they really did have him roam and blitz a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, at least from when we played them last year, it seemed like he wasn't doing any coverage. It seemed like they were always trying to find ways to have him. You know, bumping somebody right on the line or they're blitzing him. I mean, there was one time where they blitzed him and he knocked the ball up in the air and he caught it and ran back, I think, like the one-yard line. Mm -hmm. Um, He's he's, he's super athletic. It's just that um, I think as far as he's he's really going to have a lot to learn. Absolutely.
0: (laughs) Well, we make the play here on Down the Sidelines. We have a question that we kind of ask ourselves. And for this story, it's what round is the honey badger? The honey badger picked in, if he's selected at all. What do you think I mean, here? I,
1: I just don't know if it's going to be high. A lot of times, you're looking for, um, you know, shut down corners. So you know, um, those are the guys who, as defensive backs, would go really high. Um, you know, you have safeties who are either really tall. Or just absolutely lay the wood on people mm-hmm. um I mean he can hit uh it's just it's hard to i I don't really know where he's gonna end up playing i don't I don't necessarily think it's going to be a safety just because of his size right um I
0: could see him being used
1: more in special teams, to be honest, yeah, I mean definitely, I think he could definitely make a team on special teams, no question, so if he does go undrafted, I think he'll get picked up um. I just I really don't think it's going to be that high, definitely not any kind of like well, now they have they have the draft split into so many days, it's right. it's like it's definitely not the first day. I I don't even know about the second day. I so um, you know, if he's drafted at all, it'll be pretty late, I think. Um if a team thinks they see something in him that they can use for their defense. I mean, it's just kind of like what they need on defense. That's how people draft. So, um if they see something in him that they like, then you know, you got to question some of uh, you know the the, the off field things. You know, those kind of things always come into a factor. Like he, you know, his draft status was really high after last year um, because he was just making plays everywhere. Mm-hmm. But when he's not on the field, not making plays, and it's just people are asking what is he doing. I think that really hurt his draft stock. So I think it's probably going to be, if anything, it'll probably be like second and last round, last round.
0: Six or seven, interesting. Um, I think that it'll be higher than that, and of course the the combine is going to make a huge difference. It always does. Uh, we get to see with all the different drills that they run. You know, the forty yard dash, the vertical, all these different things. If he's still in shape, if he's still in football shape, I think he can go as high as the third round. Um, I mean, I'm gonna. St- I'm just going to say the, the fourth round as far as, you know, prediction's sake. But I, I could definitely see a team creeping up as far as, you know, just a luxury pick. Yeah. And, you know, the team that's already very good and be like, all right, well, let's just put some icing on the cake and take him to the third round.
1: Yeah, I mean, he will probably, you, you got to think he'll get drafted by somebody who doesn't need him to come in and play right away, start right away. You mm-hmm. know, so, someone that can ease him into it and definitely start him on special teams.
0: Right. So, yeah, I'm thinking fourth round, but would not be surprised to see someone jump up in the third round there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 10 yard line, and Dominican Sue yeah, for the Detroit Lions. Remember on Thanksgiving last year, he stomped <laughs> Devin Dietrich Smith, the Packers offensive lineman, stomped on the arm, and everyone made a big deal about it, especially here in Detroit, I can mm-hmm. say with firsthand experience. Well, this week, continued more discussion of that kind of. Talk in Detroit as there was a play where Sue was being dragged to the ground and he's flailing with his you know head near the ground and his legs up in the air and his leg appears to kick Houston Texan quarterback Matt Schaub in the twig and berries. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the so, NFL yeah. looked it over. You know considered Sue's record, did not suspend him, fined him thirty thousand um, dollars. know it's been dissected with all sorts of different angles. I don't think it was intentional, mm-hmm. um, because the guy's looking away from the play. There's no way he can be aiming. his like I'm sure like there was you know some flourish on that. You know, try to do whatever he can to you know make his presence felt. Try to take down the quarterback in some way. Um, but I don't think he was being the dirty player Sue is, and you know aiming for the guy's junk. And then Matt Schaub goes on Houston radio and says like. That's not—he's not Houston Texan worthy, you know, whatever that means. Mm-hmm. Because J.J. Watt, you know, had helmet-to-helmet hit on Stafford with his chin and whatever. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's interesting situation. What did you think of the play when you saw it?
1: Um, well, it, I kind of just thought it was just something that happened. I didn't think it—I didn't think there was intent of any way. I didn't think there was really way for there to be a tent the way that it happened
0: mm-hmm.
1: um it's a lot different than stomping on somebody oh yeah purposely. absolutely. i mean that's that's a lot i mean that's and really you gotta think that if this this had just happened um to like some random player that hadn't had any prior incidents um that it probably would have gone unnoticed and probably, I mean, maybe not... I don't know if it wouldn't have got fined, but maybe not as much. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure that it happens all the time. People get incidentally contacted. Um, you know, we, uh, what they do now in the league is they, I mean, they protect quarterbacks to the point where... Um, well, most quarterbacks <laughs> to the point where... um it's just like you touch them the wrong way, yeah. and um, I mean there are rules that if you touch the quarterback the wrong way, then it's penalty.
0: Touch. Uh,
1: so I, I, I don't think that he meant to do it. No. Um, and and I think when you know you say something like "I'm not sorry," I think he means like "I'm not sorry" because I didn't mean to do it. Yeah. <laughs> like it just happened. Um, it is a lot different than what happened with him before, and it wasn't, I don't think it was an on-purpose trying to, you know, hurt the quarterback kind of thing, like, you see a lot of times with penalties assessed, basically. I mean,
0: as a Lions fan, you're watching and going, again?! (laughs) <laughs> on Thanksgiving again you, you didn't
1: no him... I mean oh, yeah. it It really was a lot of deja vu in that instance and I think that's the reason why the media is just they're, they're really fascinated with it because it happened on Thanksgiving again and there was a prior incident I really do think that that's the reason there's so much uh, strength behind the story um, and so you know it, you know they find him anyways r- regardless of whether or not he meant to do it so so he he got some punishment even if he meant to do it or not so i don't i don't really see why there would be any need to go any further with that cuz i don't know, you just you got to think that there's not really any, any way that they can determine whether or not he wanted to do it besides you know like not taking his word so can we can we talk about the real you know infuriating
0: thing from that game though oh no game, yeah though? go ahead go the ahead. Justin Forsett, 70-plus-yard touchdown run, where he's clearly down with a knee and an elbow. The refs Mm -hmm. do not see it, do not call it. Forsett gets up untouched and runs the rest of the way for a touchdown, even though he was down. Jim Schwartz forgets that the rule with all scoring plays are reviewed. Mm -hmm. He throws his challenge flag, and apparently the rule is that you know, it's not just like oh, you know, five-yard penalty for a delayed game, which essentially that's what it is. Mm-hmm. The touchdown would stand and not be able to be challenged as a result of you throwing the flag at that time, plus you get a 15-yard penalty. Um, yeah. That rule needs to be changed desperately. Not only just that, because they went into overtime and then they lost a close game with Houston, but that missed call... On you know, uh, the rest part yeah, and Schwartz part. Game.
1: It was it was insulting. It was um, um it was pretty ridiculous. Well hey, you know, in the future, um I'm not sure how far down the road, they're all gonna have sensors hooked up to them, mm-hmm. um computers are going to be the referees and the ball things like this won't even like happen at all. Like as soon as he was down, he would be down. <laughs> right. <laughs> You wouldn't see late hits because people would know exactly when the play is over, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so there's still human error, and it got to the point where it, you know, not only did the refs blow it, but the, the you know, the the coach didn't know what to do basically. Mm-hmm. So, um, and you know, the, it, I'm sure those things happen every week, um, and some are a lot more noticeable like this one than they ever are. It really did change the game, you know, Houston. did not play well at all and i i think that i think that you know the lions you know if they had been playing like this earlier on in the season i mean who knows where they would be right now because wh- what it, their defensive line is just playing really great mm-hmm. right now i mean they are getting pushed they they the texans you know usually what are they like the highest they, they rush for the most yards in the league something, something like that, like that yeah. something like that and I mean, they kept them pretty much contained for most of the day. So, um, you know, I, I mean, they, they're they going up against a really good team, top to bottom, and they went head-to-head with them and took them to overtime. So, I, you know, they they really did need the win, but, like, I, I don't know. I, I just like how they're playing right now. Yeah. Well, they're simply
0: not getting all the lucky breaks they got oh, last no. year. A couple really quick things to Lions before we make the play because they're just – Really strange, and one of them is also relevant to the question we'll be asking here. Um, Titus Young, the second-year receiver out of Boise State, um, very interesting situation going on with him right now. That I don't know if it's gotten a lot of coverage at all nationally. But so I thought I'd at least bring it up for you know the thought's sake. Um. Um, he was you know kind of not asked to join the team last week because of some issues that had happened during, I think it was the Minnesota game. you know, Just a lot of you know drama with coaches and all that, and the Lions were keeping it really under wraps and all that, and said, you know, Titus Young isn't with the team. He's away from the team for this week. He comes back this week, and it kind of gets leaked out through Detroit media that apparently Titus Young was such a diva that, you know, diva receivers in the past, like if the balls get not getting thrown to them or they're not having their way, you know, some of them they might be mopey, they might be dogging it out on the field, they might, you know, try to find ways to, you know, get under people's skin and all that. But it's usually nothing terribly detrimental to the team. Apparently, Titus Young was more or less almost sabotaging the offense, intentionally lining up incorrectly on plays, intentionally running wrong routes, um, not doing blocking assignments, and then, you know, yelling at coaches and whatnot. Um, oh. Because he was apparently not getting the kind of play attention that he thought he deserved.
1: Hmm. That's interesting.
0: And the guy is still with the team right now, and they're um, trying to sort him you know,
1: out. In college, that would get you benched. Mm-hmm. In the NFL, that would get you fired.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, you'd think it would. I mean, you miss. I mean. You just think you miss a block, and then someone comes blitzing and take stafford out and like that's all your fault because you wanted to play your little sabotage game like that's
1: i mean and, and the thing is even if they didn't figure that out i mean even if like he didn't like it somehow get out they would have figured it out themselves because they review the tape every week mm-hmm. and they'd realize if somebody just stood there and didn't block it all
0: yeah uh, absolutely and so like we- that's that's a drama situation going on here right now. But as far as Sue goes, um, Indamacon Sue picked up his what, like his fifth traffic violation in the past two years uh-huh. here in Detroit. So on top of everything else, that's not the best image for him. And um, you know there are discussions going around that with how bad the Lions were the past few years and the draft picks that they had it, you know at very high places they had Stafford at 1 Calvin Johnson at 2 and Dominican Sue at 2 and this was before the CBA where they restructured all the rookie contracts yeah fact is they all have massive contracts and Calvin Johnson got paid big money this past offseason um Matt Stafford is i think at the end of this year or like in 2 years and same thing with Sue like it's at the end of this year um Stafford's gonna get paid big money. He already got the most guaranteed money of any rookie contract, ever, or like any co- something like it's. It was just unreal how much money he got, and he's gonna yeah. get more. I think if you ask me, Sue is going to be on the chopping block, mm-hmm. as far as Lions go, because he's he's making 11 million dollars as a defensive tackle. A year. And, you know, the other D tackles in the years, like the pretty good ones, they make six, maybe seven. So, with that money, like, they, I think this is, you know, one of the last years for Sue uh, with the Lions, to be honest. Just, you know, to go, as we think, as we make the play here, does Sue get in trouble with the league before the end of the year? And this is, you know, whether it's, you know, fine or suspension or whatnot. Um, Just something I wanted to add to the mix that, like, his time for the Lions might be coming to an end. Yeah. Something to consider if, you know, you're a fan of an NFL team if you want to take on, you know, that kind of player.
1: Well, and I he mean... Just, sorry, go ahead. He's good. He's, he's great. He's great. Really I mean, eh. I just remember, like, watching him in college and nobody could block him at all. Um, like, he almost single-handedly beat Texas that year that I think Texas went to the national championship game. hmm <laughs> It was, like, him versus five linemen. Um... Uh, I I don't I think as long as he doesn't like and go out and intentionally like punch someone in the face or something like I don't see any reason why because I don't think anything's gonna come of what the thing that just happened. Mm-hmm. I think that that the fine is going to be all that we see from that. Right. Um. So I think as long as he doesn't you know do anything off the field or you know. Go out and like intentionally hurt quarterbacks or something like I, I don't think that he's going to do that because I think he's also considering the fact that he's I mean he's got to be looking at like how much everybody's making and thinking that, oh maybe I could be going someplace else, mm-hmm. so he yeah. wouldn't want to he wouldn't want to hurt his chances of another team trying to pick him up. Yeah, I
0: think just you know with those three players. The Lions need to cut someone loose. Otherwise, you're going to be dumping all your money into three players and then having the rest of your team be nothing. Um, I don't think Sue gets in trouble the rest of the year, to be honest, unless the NFL starts looking at all these you know, traffic violations, which I think that would be a bit of a stretch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Dominic and Sue led the league in personal fouls the past couple of years or so. If you look over that stretch, he only has one penalty this year. It's an offsides. Mm-hmm. I think he's done better... As far as, you know, containing that on field rage. And I don't think yeah. the production's been as good because people have been expecting him, you know, doing double teams and all that. Yeah. Um he he is a great player, but at the same time the Lions are in a position where they're probably gonna have to let him go because of all those massive salary and you know deals that they had to, you know, deal out before all the uh, the C B A rearrangements. Mm-hmm. And so they're kinda of screwed in a way with that. Um <laughs> But as far as getting in trouble, I don't think. Uh, yeah, like um, like you said, unless he starts punching people in the face, I don't think it's going to happen. Hopefully not. Uh, the five-yard line story here in the red zone. The steroid enter uh, steroid era is finally entering the baseball Hall of Fame. Yeah, you, you know Barry Bonds. You have Roger Clemens. You have Sammy Sosa on the ballot for the Hall of Fame this year. <laughs> First year. Um, it's. An interesting thought and we got to, almost just got to get right to the point because it is it's the big question that you got to think for this do either of those three and you know there are others that are on the list um, you know Craig Biggio, Mike Piazza, Kirk Schilling, Kurt Schilling, not Kirk <laughs> Kurt Schilling who had uh, Kingdoms of Amalur there yep uh, you know Jack Morris, Jeff Bagwell and Tim Raines are the holdover <laughs> candidates that have the best shot now, I think... Oh, I'm trying to remember what the percentage is. It needs 75% for induction. Yep. Um, and basically, the main question is, do either of those big three, Bonds, Clemens, Sosa, do they get elected this year?
1: Um, well, I mean, so there's, there's probably going to be, with those situations, there's probably going to be two kinds of people voting. There's probably going to be the people that don't factor that in you know, the steroids thing, mm-hmm. and just look at what they did as players during their time playing, which, if you're looking at it that way, then those people will probably pretty much always vote them in. Um, but um, then there's the other side where you have to look at that with everything that they've done, and it kind of, it almost, a lot of people are going to say, oh, well, it kind of cancels it out. Like, mm-hmm. they're not... They're just going to look, you know. I mean, because it it, it's a it's a big deal, Um, you know. Steroids really they they've kind of impacted the game in a way. And yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, these people like putting up tremendous numbers, like playing baseball. You know, while they might have been good players to begin with, that just that only just it puts them on a whole nother level when they when, you know, they're actually on the drugs themselves. And, and then you don't know how long they were actually doing it. And so you, you don't really know. But, I mean, you got to think at least with, like, who was it? Um, was it Bonds and, and and Clemens? Like, late in their careers, they were still playing really, really well.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and... And so like a lot a lot of people will look at that and they'll be like, "Oh, they were obviously still you know, you if they were if they're already on steroids anyways, they're probably still using them to to play that well at that age, you know, at that point." Um so I mean, I don't know, it's kind of tough. Like I don't I'm trying to think what I would do, and I'm not really sure because again, it's it's a tough game. It's tough to 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 you know, pitch against some of these guys that they play, they pitched against, and it's tough to hit against some of these guys yeah. that they hit against. And really, you know, at at their times they were so, some of the greatest players. And I think, regardless of the steroids thing, they're still at least in the record books. They're going to go down as a lot of the greatest players ever. Yep. Um. So, I don't know. I like it, it, considering that it's like it's their first year. I think that's a big thing why like I think that's why I'm leaning more towards no, they won't get in it just because it's the first time that they can be you know picked, and there's a lot of guys that the first time they got picked, regardless of steroids or not, that don't get in on the first try so um and then and then, like you know at least in that article they were talking about a lot of the guys that had either admitted to using steroids. Or you know, you know, at least had off the field problems or whatever. Um, still haven't got in, and they were all great players. So mm-hmm. at, at least I don't know. Maybe just because it's this year and it's like their first time they can get it. I'll say I'll go ahead and say no. How about yeah, no?
0: I'll I'll be stunned if they get in this year. Uh, baseball writers are older; they're more traditionalists. Yeah. Although we, you know. Started to see rumblings of that battle, you know, especially with the MVP debate between Miguel Cabrera and Mike Trout with the, you know, do you take the triple crown numbers or do you take the the Sabre metrics and war and wins above replacement and all these different (laughs) statistics. Mm -hmm. I think if I were a writer, I would vote them in, not necessarily this year, but, you know, the year after. I don't think you want to, you know, necessarily reward them, you know, the first year. Uh, you know, for that, which is why I think you know, there's hardly a chance of them getting in this year. But I'd I'd like to see them get in the Hall of Fame. I, oh
1: yeah, I, I, mean, it, I mean, it was a
0: sign of the times. You don't know how widespread it was, and it still
1: might have been playing you know, against other people. That absolutely.
0: And- yeah, baseball is a very very difficult sport when it all comes down to it, and um, just because you have you know strength to come back from injuries or, or whatnot. Yeah, I mean it's it's a it's a tough thing to get around, but I think over time the steroid era isn't gonna be as criticized as it, you know, has been in the past here. Mm-hmm. I don't know, my thoughts on it. Yeah. Anyway, we get to the replay now where we covered, you know, a pick six of, you know, college football and pro football sports. We made predictions. Sometimes they go well, sometimes they do not. Mm-hmm. Um this is your this week was kind of middle of the road here I think um we start off in college football week 13 with Michigan at Ohio State uh aka the reason my saturday was ruined mm. uh, Michigan started off to, started playing you know, very well uh in the first half you're know, very you know they're competing with Ohio State using uh DeNard Robinson and Devin Gardner uh kind of in dual quarterback settings having them both on the field at the same time and then in the second half they they kind of went away from that and yeah. it is very very frustrating for michigan fans to see oh denard robinson's out there he is only going to run and he's the only one out there okay um you know just at least have denard try throwing once to try to set up all of the runs don't be so predictable they, they ran up the middle so many times it was one of the most frustrating second half performances I've ever seen as a Michigan fan, but I picked Ohio State in the picks to cover my ass, and yeah. Ohio State won 26-21.
1: I mean, his. I mean, it must be like pretty serious if they like they won't even let him throw like a little. Yeah. Little something, you know, like a option pass. I mean that's a really easy play to run. They they made a living off of it when he started playing quarterback. You know yeah. he does the read
0: option and then you have a short slant across the middle and everyone's biting, so you just dump it
1: off to the, the crossing route. I mean Yeah, you you could do a triple option out of that. I mean, to two back set, or you could just run traditional eye and hmm. run eye formation like you know, or run run it like that, uh the old school way I guess you would say. And, um I don't know. It just, uh, you know, they they definitely could have won that game.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, a player or two here kind of just didn't go their way. Yeah. Um,
0: uh, in all honesty, though, you know, congratulations to the Ohio yeah. State Buckeyes for an undefeated season. It's, like, uh, it's too bad that they're scumbags for having Jim Trestle back to celebrate the 10 year anniversary of their last national championship and raising him on shoulders, uh, despite the fact that he is the reason why they're not playing for this national championship. Bravo, classy. Um also Urban Meyer, fun fact. Uh, third time that Urban Meyer has had a or led a team to an undefeated regular season. All three times he has not played for national championship.
1: Huh. I didn't know that.
0: Mm-hmm. Anyway.
1: Um oh, what was I gonna say are they're not eligible eligible next year, are they?
0: Um no, it's just this year.
1: Oh, Okay.
0: Yeah, it's Penn State four years and this is the one year for Ohio State. Well, and they could have they could have taken the bull ban, you know, during the Trestle era, but they wanted to use those players against Arkansas in the Sugar Bowl. So you know, karma's a bitch.
1: Speaking of uh what was it Penn State? Mhm. They also finished their season with a win and had a much better year than anyone thought they oh, yeah. would. Yeah.
0: I remember I predicted yeah. you know four wins for them and they got eight. So. Yeah,
1: that's that's pretty amazing. And you know to go what didn't they just beat one of the teams that's going to be in the, the title game? What did they didn't They just beat Wisconsin. Yeah, they did beat Wisconsin. In, uh I mean Big that 10 game, title game, not that the game national. Was, yeah, that game was really awesome to watch. If there's a replay out there, you should go watch it. Mm-hmm. My brother-in-law. Scared his kids to death because he was screaming so loud, and the dog was like hiding under the couch. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it's just because you know that was their bowl game, basically. Yeah. Um, well, same thing. as, you know with
0: Ohio State too. Like yeah, that was their bowl game. So.
1: It was. I'm sure that it was. You know, I mean, you know, they were playing for a little bit more in a way, just because it's a you know big rivalry game and it's um, you know undefeated season. No matter what the. You know the fact that you can't go to a bowl or whatever, and it doesn't really stand in the rankings. It still means a lot to the schools themselves, you know, and the players that are on that team because a lot of the players that are on the team really have nothing to do with, you know, what the reason why they're they can't do this or whatever the suspensions and everything like that. So, I mean, that's why both of those schools you got to be kind of impressed and, you know, like salute the players themselves because they're, I mean, they're the ones that, that, you know, regardless, like they knew they weren't going to get rewarded with the ball at the end of the season, but they still went out and played. So mm-hmm. I, I think that's kind of cool. Absolutely.
0: So, and, you know, they, they stayed there at Penn State. Yeah. Oh despite yeah. Really
1: despite
0: knowing that they're not, you know, going to be playing for anything. No, absolutely. Kudos to them. Oregon at Oregon state on, I'm sorry. The Ohio state game is minus three and a half. They mm-hmm. win by five. Oregon and or Oregon State plus nine and a half. Oregon just mops the floor with them 48 24. Yeah. It just makes that Stanford loss <laughs> even tougher. Honestly. Yeah,
1: and uh, I mean, you know, if you. We'll, we'll get to that game in a second, but, like, it just makes you feel like that Pac 12 championship game is. <sighs> Seriously. Like, who, besides the fans of the schools and maybe the team from the Big Ten that's going like, to. Not that many people are going to watch that game. Yeah, one of those teams is going to the Rose Bowl. That's insane.
0: Yeah. We'll definitely get to that for sure, though. Uh, Oklahoma State at Oklahoma minus 7. It definitely was Bedlam. Uh, oh, they went into gosh. overtime. And, you know, Oklahoma's down by 14 at points. They come back. They tie the game on a, uh, you know, last second touchdown with their uh, their running quarterback. They forget his name. Uh, he's definitely specialized in goal line scores for them, though. Yeah, he um, is. yeah and then uh you know oklahoma state gets a field goal uh oklahoma comes back with a touchdown and that you know puts them up by three that's all they need so 51 48 was the final there it was crazy um
1: yeah definitely um a replay recommendation if if you guys can find that game somewhere it was it was really fun to watch
0: it was a very good one
1: florida florida state minus eight um
0: i'll tell you what florida state seemed to be in control yeah. Then suddenly the tables turned just like that. Um Florida just stormed to some points very quickly. Mm-hmm. They win thirty seven twenty six and at one point it wasn't even that close.
1: Uh, no, it was you uh, know,
0: Florida State scored a touchdown late but wow, it was it, that game turned very, very quickly.
1: Yeah, Florida just at near the near the end of the game, they just weren't giving them anything at all. Um I mean their their defense just I mean, at times their their defense does not look good, but other times it it looks like it's just as good as maybe like Alabama's or something. They they um they really shut it down there near the end of the game, and um you know the turnovers and the um really what was it Florida's running game mm-hmm. and it just took over. Again. Yeah, I
0: mean, the Gator offense like had not performed well the past few weeks, and and somebody seeing them flip the switch was. Surprising, especially with an eight-point spread. That you forget Florida was the number four team in the country, and they still are. Yeah. Uh, Stanford at UCLA plus two. Stanford wins handily, 35-17. But it's going to be a rematch for
1: the Pac-12 championship. Uh, yeah, I don't really all. know. It just uh, I don't know how UCLA is going to be able to shut down that like running game. They just they couldn't contain it at all. I mean, well, they'll, they'll Stanford, the film. they figure something out, maybe. After watching that game, because I, I think UCLA's, I think their, their, their defense is okay. Um, I, I think that their, I think Stanford's running back is going to be maybe first or second running back selected.
0: Mm-hmm, yeah, Stefan Taylor's going to be really solid. Uh, <laughs> South Carolina at Clemson minus four. Very surprising to see South Carolina come in, hold the Clemson offense to seventeen points and. Gamecocks win twenty seven seventeen.
1: Yeah, um, old ball coach has got him playing really well. Uh, interesting thing I heard about after this game, I heard that it was at Clemson, and I heard that the South Carolina fans were singing Country Roads. Hmm. Um, and it's kind of perplexing. I don't really understand. <laughs> um just I don't know I don't know why what that was about
0: Go figure <laughs> Notre Dame at USC the Irish had to win the game to clinch the spot in the national championship because they're an independent they don't play a conference championship because because reasons <laughs> Um it was plus 6 on the game Notre Dame 22 to 13 we both had USC in that one. At least thinking they could keep it close with the you know, the young quarterback. Uh, and he did play well at times. Well, they kept it close, just not closer than six.
1: Um. Well, it, it was really interesting. I was watching this with my brother-in-law, and um, he was saying with about like three minutes, two minutes left in the game, USC's going to drive the ball down the field. And, um, you know basically score a touchdown because Notre Dame, it it seemed like for a while there, USC was, you know, they were kicking field goals but they were also scoring touchdowns, and Notre Dame at one point kicked like four straight field goals or something. Mm. seemed like they drove the ball down the field every time, and they'd get down to the 10-yard line and just super conservative. Oh my gosh, like on third and five, they're running quarterback draws. Mm. Um, Brian Kelly looked scared shitless, the entire game, and I don't. Like all know, the pressure I, was
0: on Notre Dame. I yeah, know, but it's I, very I mean, simple. if
1: the thing is, you can play like that against USC, but if you call a game like that against, you know, either the two possible teams that you're going to play in national championship, you're going to get beat, and you're probably going to be get beat pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it just. He wasn't helping their offense by the the play calls, and it's just surprising because he's supposed to be known as like a offensive genius. Yeah. And um, really, I mean, if they don't make that goal line stand at the end of the game, they definitely, I think they lose that game.
0: Did I hear correctly <laughs> that you know Lane Kiffin went for you know Wentford on fourth as opposed, you know, going for the touchdown as opposed Instead to kicking a field kicking goal them. at one at one point? Yes. Uh, he insanity. could have
1: kicked the field goal with like two minutes left in the game or something. It was it was over two minutes left and they still had timeouts. Hmm. And I, I mean, he he essentially just ended the game right there. Wow. Um, and it was crazy because they, I mean, USC drove the field drove all the way down to like the one yard line on a long pass play. And then they kept throwing... They got two straight pass interference penalties inside the goal line. Like, on the goal line. And so they got first down, first down. And then they tried to run the ball, like, four straight times. Wow. I mean, they essentially, the, their secondary, Notre Dame secondary, could not cover the wide receivers. And he, there at the end of the game, he refused to throw the ball. I just... just hmm. Hmm. At least we don't have an (laughs) all-SEC.
0: That's true. That's true, but the SEC streak might continue at that rate. Uh, You also had West Virginia at Iowa State. Good on the Mountaineers for getting a win. Yeah. Uh, 31-24. Nice to
1: win again.
0: (laughs) And they play Kansas this week, so we'll get to that one when we make the picks. Uh, But the NFL Week 12. Pittsburgh at Cleveland. We had a a line of zero. Mm -hmm. And the Steelers... Committed eight turnovers, mm-hmm. and Tony Th's Cleveland Browns, the factory of sadness, win for like the second time in twenty meetings. Yeah, twenty to fourteen. It was quite the game. I um,
1: I can't believe that game was as close as it was. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know how you turn the ball over eight times and only lose by six.
0: Granted, one of them was at the end when they're. Trying to do the laterals and they fumble and Cleveland recovers. So
1: Still seven. one
0: doesn't really count. We got the seven at least. That's,
1: uh, I Really, I, I'm just kind of surprised. That, like it, it would take that kind of effort to lose, I yes. guess. I don't know. Yeah. It just seems kind of strange that what, all the running backs fumbled. Yep.
0: And Charlie Bash did not play a great game. And, you know, Roethlisberger's still in a lot of pain this week. He's probably not going to be good to go this coming week against Baltimore. So, yep. see, Atlanta and Tampa Bay, very exciting game. Uh, it was a plus one line, and Atlanta wins by one, 24 um, 23. We'll see. I mean, they've already started the game right now against New Orleans uh, in Atlanta, so that's going to be a good one as well. Um, they just keep winning. Yeah, but Tampa Bay is a really good team. I know. Um, they they are competing. Oh. I think they make a wild card spot.
1: Oh, that'd be, maybe, you know, good for the first year head coach.
0: Absolutely. Greg Schiano there. Uh Saint Louis at Arizona. Teams that you know recently on the struggling side of things. Janoris Jenkins for the Rams takes two touchdowns. Oh. back uh back he Yeah, though... they
1: had their defense, man.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, 31-17 for the Rams, even though Cardinals were uh, favored by one on the line. Mm-hmm. San Francisco at New Orleans, plus two and a half. Colin Kaepernick gets the starting job uh, over Alex Smith. That could have been another you know, story that we talked about yeah. this week. Uh, but, you know, Kaepernick plays pretty well and gives the Niners the win, 31-21. to
1: he, he throws a really nice long ball. Mm-hmm. He has a really, he still has a really strange delivery, but he's really tall. So um,
0: he's he's mobile. I think he's up. he's got some good upside there.
1: Yeah. Um. You know, I I think he's kind of earned that starting spot. Um, mm-hmm. At least you know until he starts playing bad, which I mean he probably will eventually because he's young, and you know adjusting to the game and you see different defenses every week. But you know, his first two starts really well. Played really well.
0: Can I change my Super Bowl prediction pick from the beginning of the year to San Francisco 49ers quarterback? Because I said Alex Smith. And I'm wondering if I can make that more generic now. I, I guess. Whatever. Uh, Green Bay at New York Giants minus two and a half. Uh, Aaron Rodgers did not play well. And when Rodgers does not play well, that team does not generally do well. And the Giants stomp all over the Packers coming off their bye week 38-10. to 10.
1: Well, yeah, and you know, we didn't we. I think we both picked Green Bay. We did. Um, I, I think what it is is it's, you know, when Green Bay struggles to throw the ball, um, because they don't have a running game, they they can't really do anything on offense, and that defense is not nearly as good as it was like you know back when they won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, isn't oh is Clay Matthews in the even playing? I think.
0: Uh yeah, I think he's out. Woodson might be hurt too.
1: Yeah. So, um you know, and then there a lot of their what's there, a couple of their receivers have been having injury issues and um they're just uh I don't know. I think they could even still make the make the playoffs and everything. It's just um oh, you sure, know like, yeah. there's those those few select teams that can do everything, kinda like the Giants and you know, the Texans, if they would eventually face them. You know, they're, Atlanta, the, those teams still have the upper hand in all those games, I think, because I don't think Green Bay can just rely on Aaron Rodgers to win the right. games. Yeah, as I As good as he is. I think
0: Packers and Tampa Bay, they're looking at, you know, the best opportunities for the, the wild card spot right now. And then finally, Carolina at Philadelphia, no line on Monday Night Football. Um, Philadelphia is a pile of dookie right now. <laughs> God, they're so bad.
1: First pick. Are <laughs> um, they gonna steal it from the Browns?
0: No, I think Kansas City's gonna get that one. Oh,
1: that's right. I completely forgot.
0: <laughs> and that that'll be interesting when we talk about, you know, draft stuff later down the road, months to come. Uh Carolina wins three to twenty two. Cam Newton, you know, two passing touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns. He was the man. Yep. He he played really well. Uh so we're tied on the ncaa football i think at 42 and 49 and you have the one game upper hand in the nfl there moses and skull jumper they look like they look like they're going to be taking that to the end as their uh, their titles they're in solid control right there as far as the Sminja leaders in our community when Let's they get to pick
1: see if we can get them both on maybe
0: i think so yeah definitely like the last weeks of their respective seasons for sure now we get to our picks. We have about 15 minutes left in the show. We have to make these very, very quick. Okay. Um, now in college football, we're getting into the championship weeks uh, for each of the different conferences. A couple of these games uh, do not apply as they're you know, just extra filler, uh, regular season games. But we start on Friday with a couple of games here, with starting with the MAC championship game. Uh, right now you have Rutgers and uh, Louisville going on. That's basically going to determine who represents the Big East and the uh, BCS, whoever has the higher seed. And last I checked, Rutgers was winning that one. Um, Anyway, the MAC championship at 7 p.m., you have Northern Illinois taking on Kent State, uh, plus six and a half. Hmm. I'm going to go with Kent State on this one. Mm -hmm. Moses knows what he's talking about for college football. He goes to Kent State. I don't know much about the Mac, to be honest, even though three teams in the Mac reside in my home state. <laughs> um, uh, well, uh, and golden flashes.
1: Yeah. That's a good pick. Um, they, uh, they're, they've had best season they've had in a long time this year. Um, I, it's been, I think it's been quite a while since they've been to the Mac championship game. Um, you know, Northern Illinois has. I'm pretty sure they're the ones that have that quarterback who's mm-hmm. doing really well. So I think I think it'd be a pretty good game. I just think I like Kent State as a team better overall. Their defense is really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they took it to Ohio last week, and I think they I think maybe they had two turnovers for touchdowns. I know they definitely had one. Right. Um, I think overall they're just a really solid team. They you know, and they beat Rutgers, who is a I think a pretty good team. I yeah. you know, probably the best team in the Big East. And um you know, I mean they didn't just be I'm pretty sure they took it to Rutgers. Um so uh yeah, I'm gonna go with Golden Flashes.
0: UCLA at Stanford, rematch of last week's game. Now the Pac twelve championship. Stanford favored by eight here, minus eight. Uh eight PM on Friday as well. What do you think here?
1: Um I you know, I I've been saying all year that I think Stanford's defensive line is just I think it's as good as a lot of those SEC schools, probably just as good as Notre Dame's. Um you know, I you know, we watched this game last week and they kinda just dominated up front and ran all over UCLA and I don't really see why it would be different. I mean I guess it could be closer just because they're used to each other after a week. Um I, I didn't see any like significant injuries on either team. Um so I think I think Stanford can cover that spread. Mm. Even if it is a little bit closer,
0: that's my rationale on this one. I think it is closer, and I think it's closer than eight uh, to be honest. Eight feels like a lot for a team, you know, teams that just played each other, especially when they have now, you know, oops, sorry, knocked the mic there. Even more film on top of that uh, for each other. So I think you know people expect Stanford to win. Stanford might still win, but I think eight feels like a lot. I'm going to take the Bruins in this one. Alabama at Georgia, plus seven. The SEC championship winner, very, very likely going to the national championship game here against the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. uh, Saturday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Got the Georgia Bulldogs. They were my SEC pick to beat Alabama in the SEC championship at the beginning of the year. I'm going to stick with that pick. Uh, I like what their offense is doing. Granted, Bama is playing very well as well, but they've kind of had some, you know, cream puff games the past couple of weeks yeah i think it was it there was some was it georgia southern or something like that no georgia played them um
1: a lot of the sec schools like the for some reason the last it's like second to last week or last week they mm-hmm. always play really small schools Yeah,
0: very small school and then they play auburn in the iron bowl and they were 32 point favorites and they won 49 yeah. nothing so they have not had a challenge in a couple of weeks uh, Georgia had to at least you know, face Georgia Tech with the triple option. Uh, and they handed the, handled them solidly last week. Mm-hmm. But I think Georgia's coming in a little hotter. And I think of the seven points, again, it feels like a lot. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go with Georgia and keep my prediction from the beginning of the week, or the year, actually, uh, steady.
1: All right. Um, I I think Alabama will eventually win the game. Um I am hoping it'll be a really close exciting game because I think this could be a lot more thrilling than the national championship.
0: <laughs> that is try true.
1: Um uh, you know Georgia they they're a lot more uh, diversive on offense. Um they kind of spread it out a lot more. Um uh they have good tailbacks. They can run the ball. Um but they you know they also do a lot of play action and you know they'll go they'll go four wide if they need to. They they've got playmakers all over the field. Their defense is more questionable than maybe you know a lot of the, the, the at least like the other two championship contenders. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know a lot of people thought it would be better when they got those players back that were miss were suspended or missing. Yeah. And um, you know it's kind of gotten a little bit better, but still mm-hmm. they're all that. They, I mean their offense carries this team. Um, sure. So, um, and you know, I, I think it's going to kind of be, you know, one of those things where Alabama's defense, you know, does enough to slow them down where, you know, Alabama's quarterback in the running game basically makes enough plays in the end. I mean, cause I, I don't think they'll, I don't think they'll move the ball up and down the field, but I think they can contain Georgia enough to get by. Um, I don't, don't necessarily think. You know, I think maybe it'll be closer to the touchdown for the game, maybe like a field goal or something. So I've got Georgia covering for the game.
0: Mm, interesting, interesting. Uh, Texas at Kansas State minus eleven and a half. Uh, Big Twelve game. Kansas State wins. They secure that BCS uh, game berth. Mm-hmm. Uh, minus eleven and a half at eight PM Eastern. Who do you have in this one?
1: Um, I've got Kansas State just because. Um, I don't know who Texas is going to start at quarterback. Mm -hmm. Um, They, you know, last week, um, David Ash wasn't doing the job, so near the end of the game to kind of help them get back into the game against TCU, they put the McCoy kid in, and he drives him down the field and scores a touchdown, and everyone's really excited about it. Um, I don't think he's, you know, he doesn't have the arm strength as him, but he's more mobile. And that that kind of just gave them what they needed, but they still lost the game. So um, I I don't know. I think that you know I think Texas's defense has been overrated all year long. Yeah. Um, it's really young. There's a lot of young talent on that team. They just uh, they don't really have a defense. They it seems like they try and scheme each week to stop the other team instead of just doing what they playing base defense and try and do that well. So. I think Kansas State finds ways to expose them, and I think eventually it ends up being kind of a route.
0: Mm -hmm. Kansas State, they're hungry. They want that Fiesta Bowl berth. I think 11.5 should be easy to cover for them. Just a gut there. Florida State at Georgia Tech, plus 14, also at 8 p.m. Eastern. This is the ACC Championship game. Winner goes to the Orange Bowl. Um,. You know Miami would have been the team playing Florida State in this one, but they self-imposed their ban for the second year in a row, trying to see if that helps their case with the NCAA when they surely come down and hit them hard with sanctions. Um, I've got the Seminoles in this one. I know it was a tough loss last week, but Georgia Tech is not that good of a team. 14 may seem like a lot, but i got to put my faith in the Seminoles one last time here. At least uh, they were my national championship pick at the beginning of the year, so I'm going to ride with Florida State
1: is e j Manuel good to go
0: i think he'll be okay yeah okay
1: um i actually know the backup quarterback i played um i played with his brother in high school nice um and his dad is the offensive line coach down there he used to oh, that's right yeah WVU. um but um it, you know it, it's his offense you know i mean he kinda he's the one that runs it really well and um i just don't i don't think uh I don't, think georgia tech has the horses to keep up yep um you know i don't think they have nearly the explosive option game that they usually have so um i think that i think that this kind of just gets away from them and I, I i don't think uh four state has trouble covering that spread mm-hmm.
0: nebraska at wisconsin plus three at eight seventeen pm Houston. this is the big 10 championship what do you think is gonna win this one in teams that are both wearing red and white?
1: Uh, I got after just going off of last week. I, I mean, I I do think Penn State's actually pretty good, you know, but um, I don't know, Wisconsin just collapsed in that game last week, and I think I think Nebraska offers more offensively, more challenge. And I think with Wisconsin, if you can shut down their run game enough, I don't think they can move the ball at all. Um, and I, don't know, I think maybe Wisconsin has a little bit better defense, but I, I just think there's too much on that Nebraska offense to for them to handle in this game, so I, I got Nebraska. Hmm. Nebraska didn't look particularly
0: great last week either against Iowa. That game was way too close for way too long. I have Wisconsin in this one. I think you have you know some of the experience of you know, the team being there uh last year against Michigan State. Uh, I think they're hungry they're looking to go back to that Rose Bowl and I think you know Monte Ball is great for him that he broke that record yeah uh for you know all time you know career touchdowns in college it's, it's' wonderful he did that um I like Wisconsin in this one mostly because I'm also just bitter at Nebraska for uh beating Michigan and winning that leaders division. Terrible reasoning, I know, but well, uh, g- give me the Badgers. Whoever
1: wins, I they're probably ex- a little more excited to see that it's either going to be UCLA or Stanford, oh, all that they have to play. It's true. Shocking that Oregon. I I'm, yeah, Oregon's I, gonna, I Oregon's going to get an at large. You know what it is? Of course they are. You know what it is? It's just I think I think we all forgot about Stanford. I think we all forgot what their who their losses were too. Mhm. For some reason, I was thinking that one of those other losses was in the. So I didn't think that they, they had a chance. Like I didn't think it mattered if right. they won, but it, it it was Notre Dame was the other loss. Yeah, sure did. So. Uh, extra
0: point is Boise State at Nevada uh, plus ten at three thirty. Mm-hmm. I don't know much about the conference out there. Um, <laughs> I mean Boise State. Yeah, you know, I mean, Nevada. Nevada Nevada has Nevada's been a game that like you know, has given them trouble in the past, but. I think your boys State, like Chris Peterson, always has a good team out oh, there. Yeah. Send him out on a win. You have Kansas at West Virginia minus twenty. Minus twenty. What do you last, think on that one?
1: It's like the last time we won, let alone won by twenty. <laughs> um. Well, you know, I, uh, I, you know, I'm hoping that Stepen Bailey has a really big game so that he can, like, you know, at least if you know he's probably gonna finish second if he doesn't but like you know that'd be cool to have a blitnikoff winner um Mm -hmm. because he's already announced he's gonna leave early for the nfl um i don't know you know it's our senior day and everything i think maybe the team comes out and plays well enough i mean you just you've got to look at kansas and i mean they they really they are the worst team in the league Mm -hmm. um they don't really do League anything. Being the Big
0: 12. Yeah,
1: yeah they, they just don't really do anything well. Um, I mean, they've played some teams close, but those a lot of those teams were the middle of the pack teams in the conference. So, um, I heck, I'll just pick us. <laughs> Why go, not?
0: West Virginia. Um, One-sentence summaries here for the NFL games because we are pretty much out of time. Uh, week thirteen, Minnesota at Green Bay, minus nine and a half at one p.m. Eastern. I don't even though it's at Lambeau, I don't know if Aaron Rodgers bounces back. I think Minnesota needs to you know, their season's on the line, so I think Minnesota can step up on the road in at Lambeau.
1: Wait, they win or they
0: just cover? Hmm? Or, oh,
1: they win or they cover?
0: Oh well, yeah. E- even if you know, yeah, they just nine win.
1: Nine and a half is a lot, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, I. I think um I think maybe Green Bay pulls out the win, but I think Minnesota covers. So I got Minnesota.
0: Arizona at New York Jets. Oh my dreadful teams, my goodness. New York Jets minus four and a half uh at home at one PM Eastern. I mean it's so hard to pick this team. There's they're so bad. Both teams are so bad. Uh Tim
1: Tebow wins, I don't know.
0: There you go. <laughs> I, I have the Jets in this one as well. Uh, I think at the very least they can run the ball. And I'm not yeah. sure the same can be said for the Cardinals.
1: Yeah, you, you put T- Tebow in there, have him run the ball. There you go. He's the quarterback of the field. Yes, the the Jets win thanks to Jesus. <laughs> I don't know.
0: Divine intervention. <laughs> Tampa Bay at Denver 8-8. 4:05 p.m. Eastern time. I think Denver's on a roll, and I think they win this game. However, eight is a lot of points for a very hot Tampa Bay team. Would not be surprised to see a Tampa Bay upset, but I'm still picking Tampa Bay uh, at the very least for uh, Denver not being able to cover those eight.
1: Yeah, I think if it was seven, I'd go with Denver, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Tampa Bay as well, just because that they're playing really well.
0: Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh at Baltimore minus three, 4:25 uh, Eastern here.
1: I'm surprised that that is that That's
0: well, a rivalry game. You gotta keep it close.
1: I, I I don't even know if it will be that close, but uh, I I got Baltimore in this one.
0: Yeah, Baltimore at home. Pittsburgh's playing dreadful. If if Roethlisberger came back, maybe Pittsburgh would have a chance there. But with that quarterback situation being as unstable as it is, Baltimore's won four straight games. Yeah. Um, they've really started to come together despite the defense lacking. And Ray Lewis might be coming back before the end of the year with that tricep injury. We were talking about him. Is this the end for Ray Lewis? And he might be coming back. He's back at practice already. I'm not saying this week, but later in the year. That's that's crazy. Philadelphia at Dallas, minus 10.5. Uh, it's the Sunday night football game for NBC. Do I even have to say it? I'm not picking Philadelphia the rest of the year. 10.5 does seem like a lot, but... Dallas, I think one by at least that margin. They played them a few weeks ago. Give me the Cowboys.
1: Yeah, I think Philadelphia is going to give whoever they're playing seven points, anyways. So, so I look at this as a three point, three and a half spread. <laughs> so I, I got Dallas.
0: Okay, and then the New York Giants and at the Washington Redskins plus one on Monday Night Football. Giants and skins. What do you think?
1: I think I think it'd be a good game. You know. Robert Griffin does his thing does his thing um, but I I got, I got, think the Giants are just too much as a team I mean you know they kind of just run the ball at will sometimes and then go play action on you so I, I think it could be a close game but I, I got the Giants
0: mm-hmm. yeah I mean they really started to hit their stride last week usually November is a month where they just start collapsing uh, but I think this year might be different for them, although I'm not sure what that means for their postseason. <laughs> yeah. uh, because usually, like they struggle late in the season, then they yep. actually come back and do well in the postseason. So it might be a flip flop this year. Who knows? Um, I think for a game that's essentially almost a toss up here, I think I gotta go with the Giants.
1: Oh, watch, they're gonna they're gonna start losing now.
0: <laughs> Just because I. <laughs> and then we're, said we're all
1: gonna something. be like, oh
0: no. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's gonna be a very interesting week of football. I mean, you still have several weeks left in the NFL season, but these championship weeks. They're big for uh, for college football, and then we wait for the bowl season, and like it's gonna be several weeks before the championship game and all that stuff. But it'll be exciting, that's for sure. Um, then it'll be Christmas before we know it. I feel it. like My we goodness. don't
1: usually know this already because usually the team that's playing has to play in a championship game, but that's Notre true. Dame doesn't, so we already know one of the teams.
0: Well, then you got the people saying the SEC championship game. It's like the the final for the the hey, playoffs. In a few, in that a few don't years, we'll
1: yet. have a lit like sort of playoffs, and I don't think there will be as much complaining. It Won't be so.
0: as much, but I, I would wish wish that it were an eight team. It's That's true. a conversation for another day, though. Um, with that, for episode fourteen of Down the Sidelines, with that, I'm Peter. And I'm Joel. And we hope you enjoy the week in sports. Take it easy, all right?